0: It's the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher, your guide for fishing and hunting in the Great Northwest. Now here's your guide, Lance Fisher.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Thank you for tuning in and uh, yeah thanks for tuning in wherever you wherever you're located, Bend, Salem, down at the coast here in Portland, up towards Kelso, Vancouver. And uh, yeah, it's nice to be with you, talk a little bit of fishing and all sorts of stuff. Big waves and man, we've got a dam project going on on the Willamette River, which will be nice and lots of things starting to focus around the Willamette River. So we'll be uh, um, be talking about those items and how that might affect our long-term springer fishing, which yeah, I think we'd all like to see a few more fish around. I think we'd like to see a little bit more flow for the Willamette too. That's not something that um, I'm hearing anybody talk about. But you know, hey, at least uh, I don't know. I, th- I think I think I think we started this task force years ago where they were, hey, what's wrong with the Willamette? And and uh, you know, you've got to have a task force and lots of comments and discussion um, over the really obvious things. So. Anyway, that's that's what we do around here, and things move at a snail's pace. But you know, by golly, we we're, we're finally talking about it. So I'll I'll get to that a little later on in the program. But really, uh, some nice fishing conditions earlier this week as uh, we came off a, a nice uh, uptick in all of our rivers, and then really uh, some some ideal conditions as we got into the middle of this week, and a little bump bump in the uh, Uh, bump in water levels on Wednesday but really we've kind of got this little flatline thing going uh, with the Wilson just under six feet and which is a which is a decent height still some green to it and uh, very fishable Uh, the question is you know (laughs) those big waves and all that crazy surf down there you know I, I don't uh, know here in the last few days how many fish have made it in, but man, some some good some good fishing that uh, some of the guys that I know experienced uh, here earlier in the week and you know not a lot to talk about in terms of how you did it or why you did it. I mean, I guess we could. I mean, we do periodically, but you know to talk about you know beads every single week and how to fish a bead, have we ever done that? Gosh, the thing is, here's the thing, so much of it is available on the Internet um, now, and it, you know, I don't, you know, so I, I don't spend a ton of time on a lot of the technique stuff because it's just covered so often and I mean, how many different ways can you talk about beats? I mean, for crying out loud, it's one of the dumbest things ever. I mean, they're super, super simple. They're they're effective. There's a reason that everybody fishes them, or, or so many people fish them now. I mean, they're effective. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess the part about them I don't like, and the reason I don't fish them a ton, is that you only hook about, you know. Fifty percent of your fish or land 50 percent of your fish because of how that hook's coming in you know they're biting that bead and then the hooks uh, you know coming into the side and you, you just flat you, you miss or you lose a lot of fish um you know whereas with eggs eh, not so many you don't lose you don't lose as many of those they kind of grab a hold of that and Um, you know, they got it and you got them and, and that's a beautiful thing. But, you know, a lot of guys that don't have good steelhead eggs, that's kind of, that's kind of their go-to, you know, put on a bead and, you know, they get to, you know, you get to act like you're a good fisherman. And, uh, I don't know, things, things have changed in that regard. I mean, we have gotten so much better with the things that we're using to catch fish. Um, and there's so much more information out there you know, we are, we're significantly more effective fishermen today than we were 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, there was just, there weren't the people that knew all this stuff. You know, there were, there were a handful of people that kind of knew what was shaken. And then the rest was out there doing the, you know, two year thing, you know, to catch a fish and, you know, really having to put their time in and struggling. And, you know, it was, it was a, it was a tough road, to, you know, road to hoe, and you know, th- all of that's changed. But anyway, so there we talked about we t- we talked about the technique of it. You know, bottom line is, you know, I don't know i I, I think it's more interesting, honestly. And I did this the other day. I like. D- I like, even if I don't catch as many fish, I like fish and bait. I love fish and eggs. And I'm, you know, I'm not really handicapping myself doing that. But I really like doing and experimenting with things, Um, working on techniques. This is what I'm out on my own or, you know, out with another guide, which I do do. I mean, it sounds weird, but yeah, I like floating down the river with some of my customers and and just enjoying myself and hanging out, and it's fabulous, and uh, I enjoy it. So, yeah, I do that periodically, and do it a little bit during the winter. Um, but I love just dinking around and refining techniques, developing new techniques. They don't always work; they aren't always the best approach. Um, but that's one of the things that you know got my juices flowing in the sport a long time ago, it was just, um, you know, learning and developing and that part of it, that curiosity is, you know, that's, it's fun. And, uh, you know, so I still enjoy doing that and, and not necessarily caring if I'm the one that out, you know, catches the most fish in the boat. I, I just, I, I kind of don't care. I'm just, I'm there to do my little thing. I'm, I'm really enjoying some of the work I do with split shot right now and, uh, more finesse type approaches. Um, you know, more, more fly fishing approaches, not that I'm doing a ton of fly fishing, but some of the techniques are just, you know, they're more stealthy, um, kind of low water type stuff where you can, where you can spot and stock fish and do stuff like that that's that's fun stuff to me and it's kind of like hunting uh where you it's not necessarily that you're going to you know kill that animal but it's the kind of the pursuit um that's a lot of fun too so you know we all we all change and kind of get in our little ruts and uh there's different there's different phases and different seasons in your fishing career and in your fishing life where you're um you know where you're developing um, where developing is just as interesting as catching a bunch of fish and um, you know because you've already caught a bunch of fish and that doesn't mean that you don't like to go catch a bunch of fish some days. it just means that you know you've got some satisfaction with other parts of the sport uh, one of the things that I've been into now for several years uh for actually a number of years now is photography and photography as it relates to fishing. And I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy bringing my camera and bringing it out there. And I'll bring, you know, maybe a lens. I usually only bring one lens because I don't want to tote around a big, huge bag. And then I'll play with that lens for like a week or two. And then the next lens goes on. Um, and I like messing a lot with prime lenses, um, you know, and, and, really working through the different capabilities of the prime lenses. And that's, but that's a part of fishing for me, you know? And, you know, yeah, maybe it's not necessarily a rod in my hand the whole day, uh, but, you know, capturing what fishing is and the cool things that, you know, that it represents in all of our minds. it's, uh, um, It's a lot of fun. So anyway, if this all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. You know, you're listening to the Northwest Outdoor Show and, and there's certainly a lot more to this sport than just going out and catching. But, you know, by golly, when you first start in it, that's all you care about. I mean, you're, you're, you're tired of getting skunked. You're, you're frustrated with how much money you spend on the sport and how little return you get out of it. And, you know, you want to go out and cave some heads in. And that's all you want to do and um i've had that and uh periodically go back go back to it too you know because hey we're hunter, we're hunters we're gatherers and and that's that's in our dna it's super old but anyway when we come back uh yeah maybe maybe we'll get some more steelhead fishing and uh we're gonna be talking springers and yeah lots going on stick around we'll be back right after this
0: just keep trolling along. We'll be back with more of the Northwest Outdoor Show. Back to the Northwest Outdoor Show with Lance Fisher.
1: Okay, so a nice uh, nice little river pattern going right now. It reminds me a lot of uh, what we experienced last year where things were flatlined. I'm not exactly sure on the Sunday forecast. In other words... What we're looking at um, in terms of river predictions isn't necessarily what I'm seeing, at least what I'm seeing in terms of rain forecasts going, you know, getting, projecting a half to three quarters of an inch on Sunday isn't exactly, usually lead to flatlined rivers, but that's what they're projecting um, on the river levels is that it just flatlines, but typically over a half an inch, we get a bump. So, I, I, just be careful in how you're planning your coming week, um, and even your Sunday, uh, as, as we're, um, yeah, I don't know about tomorrow, you guys, I, 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 I'd think twice about going and fishing in um, what is 100% rain, and precipitation amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch. And it looks like it's starting in the evening. So sometimes those systems, you know, are starting later in the day and kind of get it in. Um, You know, the other philosophy is, hey, you know, what if they're wrong and you're the only one down there? So, you know, there's that approach as well. And that certainly paid off for me a few times over the years. But, uh, you know, a nice little wet thing going on. We really need it. I mean, I'm. I'm concerned about the snowpack. I looked at it. We went through it last year. We got a little bump in snow, obviously this week. Um, but gosh, we need we need it to keep on coming, you guys, because otherwise we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be light in terms of uh, water temperatures, or you know, I don't know if I should say light. We're gonna be up there on water temperatures come that first week of May, and it was just such a gift last year to be able to fish through May with with good water temperatures. It just doesn't happen that often. I mean, uh last time before that was eight years, you know, it was eight years before that that we had, you know, favorable water conditions like that. And it's just a joy. And uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, to be able to fish like that and to be able to you know, really prolong your springer season and have a two month springer season that's really productive. I'm not talking about the June fishery, or excuse me, the you know May fishery, early June fishery, where you show up, you fish, you know, two hours in the morning, and that's kind of the show. Um, you know, I'm sorry, it, it just you know, it, it's cool. I mean, if you've got two hours, if that's all you got. Um, you know, it's great if you're retired and just like to fish a couple hours a day, you know, that's a great fishery. And for, I I guess for some guys to, you know, be able to go out and catch a fish or two, um, you know, a week on six, eight hours of fishing, you know, over the course of three, four days, catching a fish or two. Um, you know, but if you fish a couple hours, you've got way more invested in it. I mean, you're, you're an hour, you know there and you're an hour back so you've really got about four hours into it so um anyway water flows you know water flows are a big deal and as i was alluding to in our in our first segment they just they they don't talk about it much anymore and um i don't think they care i think they're so focused in on spill on the columbia they've kind of forgotten what it does to rivers like the Willamette and it just fills the bottom end of them up and uh you know without that push you know things get things get warmer and uh but you know so many people are connected and the Columbia River is just such a big deal you know but I don't know why it wouldn't be a a big deal on the Willamette you know I mean there are stocks I mean if we're gonna get granular on these stocks of course, there's stocks that are endangered on the Willamette River. I mean, if you know, if I mean, if we're down to Joe's Creek Run and this little river and that little creek, I mean, heck, there's a lot of places that are that are in trouble. Um, but you know, those fish that get over Willamette Falls, I mean, they just, it, I mean, there just comes a point where it just frogs out, and there's no flow takes them forever to get down the doggone river and get out and you know you've got mortality uh, levels that are just ridiculous i mean there there's a little bit of spidering already going on with the willamette you know where you get in behind ross island you get in behind some of these little places and these smaller fish you know these these small i mean they've got little to no chance i mean between the birds um you know, between all the karma ants and between you know the other fish that are around that can, you know, make short work of those things. I mean, it, it's it's tough sledding. So, getting that push, getting that flow, is a big deal. And um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll start to look at that. It just takes them forever to adapt. It's just ridiculous. It's like, you know, what do. You know what does it take? Because some of this stuff is just obvious, um, but you know maybe they'll maybe they'll look at it once they address what's going on behind Detroit Reservoir. And I'm gonna I was gonna actually hold off on that till the next segment, but maybe that's the plan on the flow is get that fixed and then you know make that kind of you know make that really work um by making sure that we've got flows on the Willamette and uh, you know it, it's a tough deal you know how does it work you know do you do you spill one day on the Willamette and then spill two days on the Columbia spill one day on the Willamette and two days on the Columbia i mean can you can you give it ratios can you give it um, can you give it the the Willamette an opportunity for flow? You know, to have some flow. I think it'd be absolutely fantastic if they figured something out or got creative, got the pulsing. I don't know how you do it. These are these are the core of engineers figures a lot of stuff out, and my guess is is that they could figure out some sort of way of making it work to where you had flows everywhere. But you know, the big thing against spill. Um, you know, if it, if, when it's coming from, um, you know, a lot of these dams is that anything that's going over the top is not going through the turbines. So, and when that's the case, yeah, obviously, you know, they're, they're not making money. So, you know, but there's a cost obviously associated with salmon recovery and, you know, you could contend that, you know, the hydropower that they 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 say is so cheap i don't know that it's as cheap as 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 they make it out to be that's a that's a totally different discussion but uh uh, you're listening to the northwest outdoor show and we'll be back right after these messages don't go away
0: stay tuned for more with lance on the northwest outdoor show Let's lock and load with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. All right. So if you ever need
1: boat insurance, I'd recommend that you give the folks at the boat insurance agency a call. They do one thing, they do boats and they're really good at it. And in fact, the first time that you talk with them, you will see an immediate difference in just the questions that they ask. And, uh, Uh, The reason being is they they know their boats, and uh, I like trusting my insurance and anything that I do with the experts. So you can find them at BoatInsurance.net. That's BoatInsurance.net for your boat insurance needs. And you may have seen it, but uh, there's kind of – I don't know if there's controversy over it, but, yeah, there's controversy over it. But, you know, we're looking at a huge – project that would somehow fix Detroit Reservoir, kind of. It would make passage for salmon into the areas that actually were um, the native spawning grounds for Spring Chinook. Um, and I think everybody knows where Detroit Reservoir is. It's, you know, you go up the Sandy Arms and you know, it's this big, huge lake that's an awesome Kok- Kokanee Lake, and it's a very popular um, oh, area that I guess uh, many people even bring their boats up to. There's a couple, uh, you know, resort-type places up there, and and the town gets real active during the summer. So, you know, there's some drawbacks, you know, that'll come with this project as uh, it's likely that they're going to empty the reservoir, not probably not entirely, but largely, um, you know, for a couple of years, and uh, you know, because of that, you know, that's going to obviously affect the commerce that's already there, um, the kokini fishing that's already there, and the um, you know resorts that rely on everybody coming coming up and and utilizing the lake but here's the thing you know the Willamette in and of itself is you know you're talking about a significant amount I mean I I think it's close to 90 percent of the spawning habitat that was formerly you know Willamette Basin Spring Chinook is now behind a dam of some sort, and this isn't just on the Sandy Ames. I mean, you're also talking about uh, the the McKenzie, and there's there's all sorts of obviously uh, as you make your way towards Central Oregon. You know, obviously there's some pretty amazing water above those lakes. And I don't think that if they're going to do this, I hopefully they're looking, you know, at the McKinsey as well and looking at Lieberg and in some of those areas where they can potentially get that fish passage. Now, here's the other issue. OK, and I, I've got to say it. All right. I, I just I, I've got to keep it real. And that is. How well is this going to work? In other words, they're going to spend a gazillion dollars on creating this fish passage that, I'll remind you, never got made when they made these dams. They just built the dam and that was the end of it. And, um, you know, literally salmon were, for years, were butting their heads up against the dams trying to get to spawning areas. And that was it. That basically wiped out those runs. And... You know, but the question is, given that lake environment, so they've got to go through the lake and then hit whatever, you know, creeks. Uh, you've got areas like the Brighton Bush, you know, that's the lower end of it is, you know, largely frogged out now. Um, you got to go up quite a ways to find some river. And likewise, um, there's obviously some, um, you know, they've got to go quite a ways up to you know get to the San Am again but once they get there there's some amazing water and uh, you know uh, but what does the lake do in other words that gap between the lake and that sp- those spawning areas that's that's a big divide and you know it's not always <laughs> it's not always successful. In other words, you throw all this money at it and you make all this effort. um, And oftentimes, you know, it doesn't work out the way you planned. And, you know, we've got examples of it where, you know, they spent a ton of money on the Metolius. And right now we're looking at you know, just nominal, um, you know, nominal returns, um, you know, I mean, yeah, we've got a few hundred, I think is, is basically what we're, um, you know, what we're talking about. I mean, you know, we had, I think we had, um, let me see here in 2016, we had 536 sockeye salmon. Um re- returned to Pelton Dam, and that's okay, all right. that's cool, but that's a lot of friggin money for five hundred and thirty six salmon that you know, after a project that costs a hundred million dollars i'm just I'm just being honest here, <laughs> you know five hundred and thirty six salmon a year and it sounds like it was a really good return and people are really excited about it but a hundred million bucks to get that return and that's that's you you have to decide i i'm i'm sitting here going no i don't think it's worth it it's not that's just my take You know, some of you guys might be thinking I'm, you know, till of the hun for implying it, but it's, man, it's a lot of money, a hundred million dollars. All right. Does 536 salmon on the Deschutes take care of anything? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's really tough. So, of course, many of those fish, they're headed to the Metolius, you know, and everybody's super excited about it um, and have been. But, you know, I don't know. I'm looking now, actually, for the 2017, um, you know, because actually that's our most recent. But, you know, in best case scenario, uh, you know, in the best case scenario, you're, you're talking about 550. Maybe Maybe it could be more, right? I mean, come on. Maybe it could be more. I mean, maybe that thing gets rocking and you end up, you know, kind of billing, uh, building this run up to where all of a sudden you've got, um, far more, you know, than what, than what you've got today. But I, I just don't, I don't know. And you've got to ask yourself, what's the value. So many people would say, well, Hey, those things belong there. And it's like, well, We've done just fine and haven't skipped a beat without him there for a really long time, and that's coming from a fisherman. Okay, so you know I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be the potato bug next, right? But you know, it's a social decision. You know, the bottom line is is that that's real money, and when you're talking about a hundred million dollars for five hundred and whatever fish that that return, and you look at our education deficits, okay, our education issues, you look at. Um, you know, healthcare, you look at all these things going on and they've got that kind of quan to throw at 536 fish returning. And I don't know, man, <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So anyway, here we go. We're going to do it on the, uh, you know, we're gonna do it on Detroit Reservoir and here you know, and sometimes I wonder, you know, I mean this money that gets thrown at it, it's funny money. It nobody it's 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 nobody's money except the taxpayers. you know I mean the guys doing the project, it, it, hey, they're stoked because they get the work and they're getting funded to do something. But you know that's just where we're at. nobody nobody really feels a hundred million dollars nationally when it's it's you know it's federal dollars but you know it's it's real money and and you've got to ask yourself you know could that be money could that money be used elsewhere for something else you know just just a question yeah all right yeah we had to get into this we had to talk about it right we'll talk about more
0: right after these messages just keep trolling along we'll be back with more of the northwest outdoor show It's the final cast with Lance Fisher on the Northwest Outdoor Show. All right, welcome
1: back in final segment. Many of you uh, that are in the world of sales and entertaining and doing all that stuff might be thinking about ways to get together with your customers and there's really no better place to do it than on the river. And if uh, that's something that uh, you feel it would be good for your business, feel free to find me at lancefisherfishing.com. And we'll get you squared away for the uh, coming year on, on getting some corporate trips together, some entertainment, and uh, even clients, uh, even have clients that do tournaments and um, invite all sorts of people to these tournament like settings and do catering and all sorts of stuff. So it doesn't need to be that elaborate can just be a few days out on the water, but, uh, you know, all sorts of options. We're really fortunate here, and it's kind, of a, it's kind of an Oregon way of life, you know, northwest way of life, if you will, and uh, lots of people enjoy getting out because uh, most of us suck at golf, so at least you can just go out there and sit and enjoy and <laughs> wait for a rod to go down, eat some food, have something cold to drink, something cold and frosty. It's uh yeah, it's a great way to spend a day. so if you're just tuning in, we've uh, I don't know there's some there's some decent fishing opportunities. Uh, I'd be careful tomorrow. Uh, the forecast for the rivers really aren't really aren't indicating what at least I'm seeing on the weather forecast. They're calling for a half to three quarters of an inch of rain tomorrow, um, but really calling for the rivers to kind of stay flatlined, which is. Which is just fine. In fact, if you looked at it right now, you would, you know, likely see a flatlined river through the middle of the week, and at that point, you're pretty good. I mean, even if it's a bump, I mean, a, a bump of a few inches is nothing that's going to turn fish off the bite. I've have just not seen it. Um, it's typically your steep bites, where uh, the, your steep increases that tend to put debris in the water and and uh that's that's when you've got a problem and you probably don't want to be on the on the river but you know i'd be careful with the sunday forecast as you know we're looking half to three quarters of an inch pretty breezy uh, although nothing unfissionable i mean south wind 21 to 24 uh, of course the south wind is the wet wind and then um uh, you know that's mm, yeah so it's uh it's questionable and what will that do for monday's fishing i don't know my guess is there's going to be a little bit more of a bump than the, than than what they're saying but i could be wrong still mild temperatures throughout the week i i think the lowest that i'm seeing is about 42 degrees and and what a mild year i mean it's just been unbelievable highs in the 50s and i mean that's i mean come on seriously that's so easy it's so nice. It's nice to fish in, and the fish tend to be a little bit more active. I think everybody would agree, but uh, let me see here. What else What else did we capture? Uh, yeah, we've got steelhead. We've got some steelhead. Talk Detroit Reservoir, which there's going to be a lot more on that here over the course of the next few months, and uh, like I said, there's there's a lot of people that are against it, and I, I i'm for it in principle i'm against it in terms of roi uh i i just don't i don't know that we can get the roi back on it and uh a lot of people especially in these parts they don't care is like, oh we gotta do it we gotta save the we gotta save the fish and it's like okay yeah does it really save much if you're not getting a ton of them back. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you end up getting a ton of them back, but uh, you know the the whole Detroit, the whole Deschutes thing. Um, you know where they did all that work over on the dams over at Pel over at Pelton. I mean, they got 550 sockeye or so back in 2016. I haven't been able to find the 2017 numbers, but 550 sockeye. You know, and for a hundred million dollars. And you know, geez, that's that's a tough one. But you know, hey, maybe this will be different. I'm sure that's how it's been sold. Oh no, this will be different. You know, and uh, maybe it will be. You know, I mean, but they've done this. They've done this thing. They've done this thing on the cowlets. They've done it in all sorts of places, and it hasn't really done anything. So, you know, this situation's different, though. You know, and I'm sure it'll be sold like that. But you know the I mean a hundred million dollars, I mean, there's a lot you could do. I mean, you could start broodstock programs on every river uh, that's worth having one. I mean, you could you could fund broodstock programs for for a long time on that kind of on that kind of money and and implement them on in places that don't have them. So I don't know. I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna piss somebody off for saying this, but you know, hey, you know, I, I yeah, I want fish back, but at the same time, we need to be somewhat thoughtful about what we're doing with our resources. But anyway, that's a, that's another conversation. We'll have more fishing to talk about next week. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. In the meantime, keep those lines tight, and we'll see you on the water. God bless everybody. Have a safe.